Hello, welcome back to my unfiltered podcast, To Be Free, a podcast that illuminates the pathway to true freedom. It's me, your host, Laura Jane Haver. I am a passionate freedompreneur and freedom coach here to light the path forward as you create a life of pure, authentic, heart and soul aligned freedom. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today. I am just so beyond grateful that you're here with me. So I had an intention to record a new podcast episode about nine days ago, but it just didn't work out because I am still recovering from the most crazy, stressful, chaotic, intense travel experience of my life. I mean, this was nuts. And I'm giving myself grace because I'm now a week behind in everything and It's been really challenging for me to get back into a flow state and give myself space to record anything. But today I was inspired to jump on here and just share this crazy travel story with you. Where to begin with this story? So I was traveling with my husband, Brian, our baby boy, Atlas Soul, and we also had our dog, Lila, with us. And we were traveling from Costa Rica to California to spend much needed time with family and also celebrate Atlas's first birthday. So we were very excited for this trip. But our flight was scheduled for April 26th, which was right in the midst of Mercury retrograde, sandwiched between two eclipses. And normally, I don't ever let Mercury retrograde prevent me from my normal plans, especially around travel. The only thing I would never do during retrograde is sign a contract or anything binding which I highly recommend no one ever do that during retrograde. But this wasn't a normal Mercury retrograde. This was a retrograde in between two eclipses. So this brings a roller coaster of energy, which is super unpredictable. So it's definitely not the most ideal time to travel. And I did think about that a little bit, but we didn't have a choice. I mean, we did have a choice. We have free will, but we wanted to be in California for Atlas's birthday on May 6th. And a lot of people were going to be out of town on May 6th at weddings. And so we wanted to fly in a week early to have a little fiesta for him. And so we had two parties planned for him that following weekend. We were flying out on a Wednesday and we had parties planned for him on Saturday and Sunday. So we were going for it. And I declared that this retrograde with these eclipses were not going to affect our travels. And I really disciplined myself to really try not to think about it or let it phase me at all. I really tried to tune it out. And with anything in life, including travel, I always assume things are going to work out for our highest good. And that's something I practice daily in my life because this is key to manifestation to assume it's all working out for us and it's happening for us and that when we set an intention and declare it, like the intention to have a smooth, safe, easy flight, that it will be smooth, safe, and easy. So whenever I travel, I'm like, yes, it's all good. It's all working out. This is going to be an amazing flight. And it always has been. I really don't focus on anything but a smooth, safe journey. And I've traveled all around the world on so many flights across so many airlines. I mean, Brian and I went on a six-month trip around the world and took so many flights, and we never had 
an experience like this one, like not even close. It's always been smooth sailing. So this experience really caught us off guard and really surprised us because it showed up anyways, despite my assumptions. And regardless of assuming this would be a great, easy, smooth flight, we were in for quite the unexpected trip and it was wild. Before I get into the details of this travel story, I have to say we're still in Mercury retrograde, I believe for like four more days. And how this usually shows up for me, which it's really showing up for me today, is technology not working well and having lots of kinks and hiccups trying to get something done. So the Wi-Fi in, I'm at my dad's house right now and the Wi-Fi is not working. I'm on a hotspot. I got on here to record and I was talking for five minutes and then I saw that the software I used to record had froze and so nothing had been even recorded. And then I did another recording and I had another hiccup where there was this weird, crazy staticky noise the whole time in the background and so I had to readjust the microphone. So here we go, just working through it because I'm very determined to get this podcast out today and share this story So let's talk about this travel story. So it's Wednesday, April 26th, and Brian, me, Atlas, and Lila arrive at the airport with our five pieces of luggage, very heavy suitcases, and everything was actually going really well. We had plenty of time. We checked in, got through security in record time. We had time to chill in the lounge, and when we got um, to the front gate, We were notified that we had the whole row to ourselves. They had moved someone so that me and Brian could have an entire row in Delta Comfort for our family since we had a baby and a dog. So we thought that was really great and everything was going well. We got on the flight. It was all on time. No delays. We get on the tarmac and we're sitting there and Atlas had fallen asleep. He fell asleep as soon as we left the gate, and I was like, yes, he's going to sleep for like two hours, and when he wakes up, we'll be halfway there. So, no, we sat on the tarmac for so long until the pilot finally got on, and he said there was a mechanical issue, and there was something going on with the tail of the plane, and they were going to try to fix it. There was no way for us to get back to a gate, so they were going to basically pull us over to the side so that it could get looked at by mechanics. So we ended up sitting on this airplane for three hours. Atlas woke up and he was still on the ground. We had gone nowhere. So there we are and we were very frustrated and they took people's hand. They were like, raise your hands if you would prefer to wait in the airport while we figured this out. And of course, all of us raised our hands. We're like, we don't want to sit on this plane. So they brought a bus over and took us back to the um, airport. So we get to the airport and we're like, let's get some lunch. And Brian runs into one of the ticketing agents and was like, what's going on with the flight? And she's like, we're canceling it. You got to get booked on something else here. If you come with me, I'll help you. And of course he was like, yeah, like we need to get rebooked for something else. Like we need to get out of here. So he went with the ticketing agent and she booked us. The only way for us to get to LA that day would be to take a flight to Atlanta and have a two-hour layover and then fly to LA. We wouldn't get to LA until two in the morning, but we would at least get there. So he was like, let's do it. 
So she transferred our tickets and the flight to Atlanta was supposed to be leaving in an hour. So we quickly ate and we went to the new gate and we wait in this really long line because there were so many people trying to get on this flight and who had gotten transferred onto this flight. And when we get to the counter, she's having a trouble printing our tickets. We were up there. Well, I should say Brian was up there for an hour as they were trying to figure out why they couldn't print our tickets. They thought it might have been because of our service animal. They were looking into that. They had to call management. They just couldn't print our tickets. And they finally realized it's because the previous ticketing agent who had transferred our reservation forgot to transfer Atlas's ticket. He's infant in arms, but he needed to be transferred on the reservation. And she didn't do that. So at that point, the whole plane had already boarded. They were waiting on us to get our tickets printed. So that flight was delayed because of us. And we couldn't even board. They said, sorry, it's too late. So we were very upset. I was very, very upset because we had been at the airport now for like eight hours. We were exhausted. We just wanted to get on that flight and get out of that airport. And we couldn't. So they had to walk us back out through customs and they're like, we can get you on this flight tomorrow. Or if that plane's fixed, you can take the direct flight to LA. So we were just like, all right, this sucks, but it's just one day. It's not that big of a deal. We can handle it. And actually, when we got to the hotel, we were pretty relieved we didn't get on that flight to Atlanta because it would have been exhausting. It would have been four hours to Atlanta plus a two and a half hour layover, then four hours to LA with our baby and our dog. And our poor dog wouldn't have been able to go outside for a potty break. So we were just really grateful we didn't take that route. And we were like, yes, like let's rest. We can hit reset. We can get some sleep. And tomorrow is a new day and it's going to be great. And we were calling in that our airplane would be fixed and we could take the same exact flight direct to LA. So the following morning, Brian's calling the customer service line to get updates on the LA flight. And we were actually booked for the Atlanta flight because they had rebooked us in case our flight was not going to be flying out. But of course, after sleeping on it, we definitely didn't want to take that flight. So we were really calling in that we were going to get on the LA flight. So we got to the airport early so that we could talk to the ticketing agent about the real status of that flight. And when we got there, there was no one there. There was no one at the Delta counter. And that's another thing. This was Delta. And we have been loyal flyers of Delta for a decade, and we've never experienced something like this. So that was also just very surprising. And the story gets a lot worse. <laughs> but yeah, there was no one there. So then we called customer support. They were like, okay, someone should be there in 45 minutes. So the ticketing agent arrives and we were like, we want to know the status of the LA flight that was canceled yesterday so that we could potentially get on today if the plane was fixed. And she goes, there's no way to get on that flight. It's already boarding. And we were just in disbelief. We were like, what? It's already boarding. We've been trying to get a status all morning and no one said it was boarding. No one said it was fixed. So she was actually incorrect in giving us incorrect information. Luckily, this guy, Mario, I don't know if he was her manager. He like came up behind her and was like, no, that's not true. That flight is going to be taking off this afternoon and it the plane is fixed. 
And so we were like, yes, let's get on that flight. And so Mario made some phone calls for us because I wanted him to like triple check that that flight was taking off, that the plane was fixed before we were transferring our tickets from Atlanta back to the direct LA flight. So he made those calls for us and he confirmed. He said, yep, the flight is going to be taking off in the next like two to three hours. So we were very excited and they were trying to transfer our tickets and they were having a really hard time once again with Atlas's ticket transfer. They actually said that it's very complicated internationally to transfer infant in arms reservations. So the system wasn't letting her transfer us back onto the direct LA flight. And she was trying really hard. She had to call in to management and she was on hold for like 30 minutes. And then the person who was trying to help her from management also couldn't transfer us back to the LA flight. So this went on for a while, but finally they were able to do it and we got on our on this flight. So that whole th- experience was very stressful, but we were so relieved that we got on that flight. And then we actually saw that we got upgraded to first class. So we were like, yes, this is even better than yesterday. And we were so excited and we got to the gate and everything just felt so good. It's, it's so interesting how like normally my intuition is very strong, but I didn't have any weird feelings that day. I was like, no, this feels good. Like this is working out for us. We're in first class. We're going to get home today. We don't have to go to Atlanta. Like we're rested. Everything felt good. So we get on the airplane and we're all just so relieved. We were actually met a lot of cool people on the plane and we were all having conversations about how crazy having a flight cancellation is. So we were all ready to go, geared up to go. And the plane literally wasn't leaving the gate. And we're like, what's going on? And we were sitting there and sitting there and there were no updates. And we're like, then we all started being like, huh, this doesn't feel right. Something feels off. And then the pilot gets on the intercom and he's like, another issue popped up. And we think it's because of the mechanics working on the flight yesterday. Now there's a problem with the hydraulics and the sensor I don't even really understand what he was talking about the sensor. There's like these sensors that tell them the condition of the plane. And if there was anything wrong, they would be able to get these alerts and it wasn't working and something was up with the hydraulics. So we literally didn't even leave the gate. And so of course, like I would say a third of the plane was so upset. There was already people like at the gate, like yelling at the flight crew, which it's not the flight crew's fault. I mean, people were just, you know, trying to take their anger out somehow their anger and frustration but people were very 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 upset and agitated and they requested to get off the plane so they brought buses and they were like okay whoever gets off this plane you can't board again so if we do take off in the next hour you will not be on this flight but people were gladly getting off we decided to stick with it like we were already invested we're like you know we have faith in this and if we can just stick it out and sit here for one more hour maybe it'll be fixed and we can go so also the pilot said it's not that big of an issue like it was something that should have been an easy fix and so we were hopeful but we sat on that plane once again for three hours and it was so funny because atlas fell asleep 20 minutes after boarding and slept for two hours of those three and woke up and we were still on the ground again so 
basically we sat on that plane they ran out of time i guess the flight crew or the pilots have a time limit so if they weren't going to be in the air by 5 30 p.m they have to call it so there was no way that was going to happen because the mechanics were working slowly and they weren't able to fix the problem in time so they deplaned us all of us again and you know at that point i was so drained and just beyond depleted i was crying i just was emotional about it because i was like we should have just gone to atlanta we would have already been in the air and even though it was going to be like an additional six hours of travel time i was like at least we would have been out of costa rica like on our way to the states so you know it just it was one of those shocking things like it happens once you don't think it's going to happen again two days in a row so we get off the plane go through customs again and go back to the hotel. The hotel we had been staying at that we always stay at in San Jose and we really like was sold out. So we had to book another hotel that was like double the price. And it was just, it was just a very stressful day. And I was so exhausted. I just like got to the hotel and fell asleep. And I was like, I just need another new day to begin because it was just, I was like, I cannot believe this is happening again. And we also went to bed not knowing what was going to happen the next day? Is the plane going to be fixed? Do we have to try to get on an Atlanta flight again? We looked at the flights and there was actually no seats on the Atlanta flight for the next day, which would have been Friday. So it would have been that plane needed to be fixed or we were going to be stuck another day again on Friday. So we were praying that this flight was going to get fixed so that we could get to California. And you know, other people were able to take other airlines and like JetBlue or Alaska and get out of there, but we couldn't fly on another airline because our dog can only fly with Delta. She's only registered with Delta. So that was our little obstacle. So we had to really stick with it and just have faith that we would be able to get out of there on Friday. So the next day we were notified that the plane was fixed. And it was going to be taking off at 2 p.m. So we were so relieved. And we were like, even though this sucks that it's been two canceled flights in a row, like there is no way that would happen for a third time. And everything is solidified. It was in the itinerary. We had been officially notified that we were departing at 2 p.m. So we get to the airport. And a lot of the um, people who work for Delta recognized us for the third day in a row and they were just laughing and they were like, we feel so bad for you guys because you're traveling with a baby and a dog and you're here again trying to get to the States. So we check in and we actually got into line behind the mechanics. So Delta had actually flown in mechanics from the headquarters in Atlanta to fix the flight because they wanted actual people from corporate who really know the the plane to come fix it. So I actually ran into the mechanics in line and I talked to them and I asked them, you know, this is going to be the third attempt of getting on this airplane. Is it fixed? Did you guys fix it? Like, I really appreciate all the work you guys have been doing. They had been working like all day and night. They were exhausted. And I was like, you guys are seriously my heroes if like this is actually fixed and we're taking off. And they were like, yes, like 1 million percent. Like we did so much work on it. And the issue yesterday with the sensor and hydraulics was really minor. You actually probably still could have taken off in that condition 
except we couldn't get approval from headquarters in time. So we had to fix a couple things and we got formal approval this morning. Everything's been fixed. Everything's been tested. You guys are golden. You're going to LA today. So we felt so good about that. I was like, okay, that gave me peace of mind. These are the mechanics who actually fixed the problem and they're telling me it's not even a serious problem. So this is great. So we get to the gate, everything's going smoothly, we board, we got first class again, which we were really pumped about, and once again, we are sitting there. You know what was funny is when we got on, I was like, everyone, like third time's a charm, we're making it home today, and everyone was like applauding, and we were all celebrating, and I was telling everyone that I ran into the mechanics, and they had confirmed like 1 million percent you're flying today, there's no issues. So we don't even leave the gate. We were supposed to be taking, like, departing the gate at 2 p.m. It's 2.40 and we're still sitting there. And my mom even texted, like, why are you delayed again? And I was just like, what on earth is going on? And I saw a lot of, like, the technicians and the, you know, the flight directors who are on the ground, like, standing around doing more tests. And I was like, something's not adding up. And finally, the pilot at like 2.50, which was almost an hour past our departure time, got on the intercom and was like, so folks, this is really embarrassing, but that issue from yesterday just showed up again when I started the right engine and we all were just jaw dropped. We were in shock. I was like, how is this happening? This is like the twilight zone. I felt like this airplane was a vortex that we were all just like sucked into and like we couldn't get out. It just felt so crazy and just out of this world. And we were just like, what do you mean when you turned on the right engine? Like, weren't you supposed to run all those tests all day today? The plane has been fixed since this morning, we were told. And he said something about how they were running tests with like the left engine turned on. I don't know, you guys, this whole thing was just out of a movie. I couldn't believe it. I was just, at this point, I actually had no emotion. I had anxiety. So I was like not upset and I wasn't even angry. I was just like all of a sudden wanting to get off that airplane like really badly. And I just didn't feel good about it. The thing is though, the pilot was like, I'm trying to get approval to fly out anyways because It was something about the secondary sensor, and he said the primary sensor was still working, so he was just going to try to get approval, and that would take some time, probably like 45 minutes to an hour. That being said, so many people wanted off the flight. So they brought another bus, and they were like, okay, whoever wants to get off the flight, again, you can get off, but once again, you can't get back on. But then the pilot, after all these people got off the flight, 20 minutes later, the pilot gets on the intercom and was like, okay, I got approval. We're still going to be able to take off. Now we're just going to do the paperwork. This is a minor issue. So then they notified the people who had just gotten on the bus because that would have been really upsetting for the people who just got off the plane to see our plane take off. So a lot of people came back on the flight and reboarded once they got that news. So an hour later, the pilot goes, flight attendants, close the doors and get ready for departure. And so we all were so excited, like jumping up and down for joy, like so excited, like, yes, let's go. This really was made us nervous. This couldn't have happened for a third time. And we're so thankful it didn't. And then 
were sitting there still. Like, this was torture, honestly. Get ready for departure, and then we didn't go anywhere. We sat. It was 30 minutes, and then 35 minutes. And Brian gets up and asks the flight attendant, like, can we please get an update? And she said she couldn't get one. The pilots were having their own, like, they were running final checks, and she had no information. And then the pilot gets back on the intercom, and he goes, sorry, guys, the primary sensor's not working anymore. We're going to call it and we're going to deplane you. We were just beyond ourselves. This was not just one day with one cancel flight, not just two days with two cancel flights. This was a third day, same airplane, deplaned again, stuck in San Jose again. At this point, everyone got off the plane and was so upset. No one wanted to get back on that airplane. Everyone was like, that airplane has bad negative energy. No one should get back on that plane. And the flight crew goes, you guys are right. We're not going to put you guys back on that plane again. And everyone was getting rebooked on different airlines to get out of there, but we couldn't fly on any other airlines. So Delta only has two flights per week from San Jose, Costa Rica to LAX. And those are on Wednesday and Sunday. So we were supposed to fly out Wednesday and now it's Friday and we've had three days of canceled flights and there was no flight out on Saturday. And they were like, let's get you on the Atlanta flight for Saturday. And we were like, no way. I just, at that point, I was like, I need to take a day where I'm not even in an airport or on an airplane because I was just past my limits. I I was completely past my limits. And so Brian had actually booked us the night before. He just bought tickets for the Sunday direct flight because he wanted to make sure we got seats in case this happened for a third time. And I am so grateful that Brian had that intuitive download to do that. He actually did it like when I was sleeping the next morning. He was like, I bought us flights for Sunday because I just want to like protect us and make sure we're going to get home. And so I'm just so grateful he did that. So we went back to the hotel and just chilled out again. And we were just in disbelief. The most challenging part for me that day was we knew at that point we were going to be missing the pre-planned birthday parties we had for Atlas, which were supposed to be on Saturday and Sunday because we weren't going to be flying in until Sunday now. So I was really bummed about that. But luckily, we were able to reschedule with everyone for this weekend, actually, in a couple days. But this was just the craziest experience. And we were able to go to the airport on Sunday and successfully take a very smooth, safe, easy flight to LA the way it should be. And it just, it felt very foreign to us actually getting on a flight and it actually taking off. (laughs) But yes, so you guys, this was nuts. It was a true Twilight Zone experience and I truly felt like I was stuck in a vortex. And this whole experience made me realize how interconnected we all are. Like this wasn't just happening to me, Brian, Atlas, and Lila. This was happening to hundreds of us and everyone was missing big events. Like someone was missing a baby shower. Someone else was missing a wedding. Like everyone had stuff going on and it was just one of those experiences that impacted all of us, but impacted us all so differently. And we did make some friends out of this. So that was definitely a silver lining and it's something that we can always laugh about in the future. But really, you guys, like, why did this happen? 
you know, and I've been reflecting a lot about that. Like, what is the lesson here? Because this wasn't just one canceled flight. It was three. It was one day of travel turned into five long days. It was four trips through security, eight trips through customs, four plane boardings, three mechanical issue deplanings after sitting on the airplane for hours at a time, and then finally one successful deplaning in California, all with five pieces of luggage, our baby, and our dog. And it really, like, now that I'm telling the story, it seems funny because it seems so unreal. But yeah, what was the point? What was the lesson? And you know, I just don't know yet. And who knows if I'll ever know. It's been on my mind because I'm like, what is the underlying meaning or message here? How did this contribute to my evolution? It definitely tested me on so many levels. And I had many different types of breakdowns from emotional, sad to angry, fuming. So there was a lot of energy moving through me throughout those days. And for a few days, I thought this was just like Mercury retrograde and the eclipses doing its thing and playing us hard. And we were just part of this game, this cosmic game. We were the chosen ones because we saw so many other flights all around us taking off successfully without any problems on time. So in the moment, it just felt like a super stressful, unlucky event from the Mercury retrograde and solar eclipses that just left us drained and exhausted, and I couldn't really find any other meaning there. But after reflecting on it, you know, for another week or so, I I know, even though I don't know the reason, I know that God was orchestrating something for us behind the scenes to protect us from something or to protect someone on that airplane from something. Because we truly live in this universe that has the butterfly effect and Every single person on that plane's trajectory was altered and redirected. And this isn't by chance. Nothing's by chance. There's always this higher plan that we can't always comprehend or make sense of. But for whatever reason, that plane was not meant to leave the ground and it wasn't meant to fly to LA. And we weren't meant to arrive in California until Sunday. So, whatever the reason, thank you, God. I don't need to know all of the answers all of the time. I just have to have faith that we're exactly where we're meant to be in those moments in time. And even when it feels challenging or frustrating or really shitty or like, why is this happening? Like, there's always a reason. And if we can just shift our perception and like rotate our perspective, it can really help us alchemize the situation knowing that this isn't happening to me. It's happening for me. This isn't happening to us. It's happening for us. And this also brings me back to how interconnected we are because it could have been anyone on that flight that was getting protected and we were all impacted by that. So yeah, it's trippy. Actually, when I think about it, it's it's pretty deep. This is stuff I love to really reflect on because we live in such a mysterious universe. I'm grateful I went through that experience. It made me stronger. I am going to be so much more appreciative of any and all flights moving forward that are on time, depart on time, and just smooth sailing. I'm never going to take that for granted again. So that was my crazy Mercury retrograde sandwiched between two eclipses travel story. 
I would love to hear your stories too. Like anything that feels like the twilight zone. I love hearing those stories because this was truly the first experience that I've been through that felt like the twilight zone. It felt unreal. Like it couldn't be reality. It felt like a vortex. It felt like a different dimension. So I love stories like this. If you have any, definitely send me a message. I would love to hear about them. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in with me today. I am so grateful that you're here listening. And until next time.